And so now after this podcast, I'm just going to go down this like rabbit hole For of what, what hodgepodge means. Oh. Like where it came from. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll look it up on uh, Adam Online. Have you ever seen those TikToks that talk about like weird, like common sayings, but they're original, like where they originated from, but they have like yes. kind of creepy, eerie meanings. So like, mm-hmm. like riding shotgun and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Those are so interesting to me. Like I could sit and hear hear those all the time. And then it's weird when you hear somebody like after you know that and then you hear somebody say it, it's like maybe we should stop saying those. Hodgepodge. Kind of stew, especially one made with goose, herbs, spices, wine, and other ingredients. So oh, so it's soup. like a mix of random things, which makes sense because that's what we use it for now. There you go. Interesting. Nice. Hodgepodge. This is why words day. are so important. I feel like that's a good segue. It's not, but we're going to pretend that it is. <laughs> Could be. Could be. If you, any, any segue is a good segue if you make it one. You just have to come up with that 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 really important second thought. That's that's what yeah. makes it a, a good segue. Mm-hmm. Is can you can you integrate this into your next thought? See, and, and I think is, my toxic trait is just saying like that's a good segue, and it's not. Oh, and then, then you so, and I just on. pretend yeah. that it is. Yeah, but it was really just like a hard, like a right angle of a segue. Yeah. <laughs> this is a part of being a podcast professional, ladies. You have to be able to segue properly. Hmm. We make it work. Well, that's a great segue to segue into. <laughs> Hey, there you go. Great job. Thanks. Okay, so welcome back to Oh, Here's a Little Marketing for you. I'm Ellen Cernko. I'm Ellie Hicks. <laughs> I wasn't no ready for that. going to see that. I know. No, I wasn't ready for the Ellie Raise the Roof. I'm, I'm John yeah. Young. <laughs> so each week we talk about how to get the most out of your marketing as a small business or a nonprofit organization. And this week, we want to take things back to basics and talk a little bit more about how to even start with your digital marketing and how you could maybe start to build a plan for, um, you know, how much this is all going to cost. So a lot of the small businesses or nonprofits that we work with, when they come to work with us, they have no experience with digital marketing at all, or they have some digital marketing experience. And that doesn't cover everybody. We do have a a few outliers that, um, you know, they have a pretty good grasp and they just want to hire us for a few things or they they have their strategy in place, different stuff like that. Um, But what we're going to talk about today is really geared toward those that, you know, this is your, these are your first few steps in digital marketing. Um, So, you know, we were talking about before we started recording that, knowing how much something costs is not something that like a human instinctively knows. Um, And, you know, we may have an idea of how much something costs based on our past lived experiences, but, you know, all those are going to differ depending on each human and each experiences that you've had. Um, So it's okay to not know where to start and to feel kind of overwhelmed by the amount of information out there. Um, But today we really just kind of want to give you some broad ranges of what you can expect for different digital marketing services um, based on, you know, what we've experienced with our customers, kind of who our customers are. Again, those small to medium-sized businesses that you're not looking for the Apple effect, but you're looking for something consistent, reliable, and a channel to be able to connect with with your audience. I have a thought. Ooh, we have thoughts on that.com. We do. Um, So kind of like you just said, Ellen, like the cost of things isn't something that we just know. But you – and like you said, like it 
might be something you might have had a past experience with it. So you might actually have some back background information, but it could also be something where if you're going into, we'll use this example, you're looking at digital marketing services for your business. You might not know, you might not have any experience or any facts to go off of, but you might have an expectation that came from nowhere really. So I guess when we are going into talking about cost expectations, I would encourage you with any conversation, especially if you don't know any like baselines, to have an open mind when it comes to cost and don't let your expectations just kind of drive that Um, because you really, you mightn't just think like, oh, well, um, I really have no idea, but this should only cost like $100 because I don't really know the ins and outs of it. Now, if you think that and then you're quoted a price that's way more than that, then you are going to be angry or not receptive to that. So I guess just having an open mind and realizing that your cost expectation might not be coming from a factual place, Mm. if that makes sense. And I think with anything, when we're talking about services and what services cost, it's more, it's far harder to come up with a, this is what it's going to cost because it varies, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with, Mm -hmm. with a product, like if I'm going to buy a car, I can go to, you know, blue book, and see what this car's roundabout price is. And it's usually going to be within about 5 to 10% of what I think it's going to be. With services, you know, especially digital services, where it's, it's mostly service, some software, it varies wildly. So if you find a college kid that's going to do it for 50 bucks and he's happy with getting 50 bucks for spending 50 hours to do a project because he's just looking for experience, we come in and say it's going to be $10,000. you are going to say, well, that's dumb. I'm going to save $9,950 and have mm-hmm. the college kid down the street do it. But is the quality going to be the same? Probably not. But you right. could also find good quality from lesser sources and also good quality from higher sources. So I think that's why it's helpful to have these conversations. And we have these conversations openly with our clients when we kind of just start talking to them. It's like, this is kind of our range. I want you to get comfortable with what we're going to present to you in terms of a proposal later uh, in, within this range. And mm-hmm. if you like us and you like our range, then we'll let's go do it. And never, this goes for digital marketing or anything, never be afraid to get multiple quotes if you don't have any understanding of what something's going to cost you, especially if cost is going to be one of the driving factors in your decision. Um, Get multiple quotes and make sure you really assess their abilities to do the work that you're needing done uh, to be able to make those comparisons and make your decision ultimately. But yeah, we... I mean, we have no problem even saying like, yeah, if you want to go get other quotes, like that's totally fine. Um, here's our what we can provide for you at what cost. Um, and, you know, you're really just doing your due diligence by getting outside recommendations or quotes to compare. So, yeah, ultimately, I think when you're when you're talking to someone like us as a, as a customer, so we're you know, reversing it. You know, you want to feel good about the cost and you also want to feel good about the people that you're working with. And Mm so, you know, I'm willing to go a little bit higher in in things that I buy personally for people that I like working with because I know they're going to do a good job. Um, But if it's something that uh, it's not very personal, uh, let's say uh, the company that came out and did our seal coating on our driveway, my neighbor called them and hired them. So I didn't really have any relationship with them anyway. But if I needed that done, I don't care if they're nice guys. Uh, I'm going to look at the reviews and if the reviews are fine, like I, I don't care. Like I just need the job mm-hmm. done. Like it's not a personal thing, but if we're yeah. talking about this where it's an ongoing marketing relationship, you're going to help my business succeed from your end. Or if it's a financial planner or a doctor, like these are things that I'm willing to spend a little bit more on because I want to make sure that I'm getting the best quality that I can for the my budget. Right. 
Agreed. Ellen's, Ellen's writing in her diary. Ellen, we're, we're having a podcast now. I know. I'm using my shout-out design. <laughs> this is almost gone, John. I'm going to need more, by the way, okay. please. Well, uh, next weekend when you're home for another wedding, I'll get you another stack. <laughs> I literally... No more weddings in 2022. Okay. Also don't have a shout-out design notebook. Wow. Well, well, I love them because he has tomorrow, this fancy little some. thing at the bottom, but I don't actually use it. I just like the size of it and that it says shout-out design. Well, I have, I, like uh, I have another... I don't think I have in here to show you, but I, I have another same size notebook without the little fancy thing at the bottom. Ah. It's not quite it's not quite the same exact design, but it still has the logo on there with the lines. That's so it's just the, it's the perfect size. It if is anything That's else why, is like too big, yeah. and anything small, anything smaller, I can't like write everything I need to on one page. Um, but so I came up, I had this thought of an analogy of like going out to dinner. So I feel like my perception of going out to dinner has changed drastically the more that I've gone out to dinner over the years. Um, So, you know, when I was like 16 going out on a date, what I like, what my expectations were for what I was going to eat and like what my expectations were for how much it was going to cost are very different now that I'm almost 26. Um, And like, you know, actually have my own income versus like just asking my mom and dad for 20. But I think that, like, that's a good way to frame it is that, like, if you're just starting out on this journey, like, your perceptions may be very different than where they may be, like, three, four, five years down the road with your digital marketing after you have some experience and you have a really solid foundation of what to expect. Um, But then alongside that as well, my thought process was if you have a bad experience, then that doesn't mean that that isn't how much a service then costs. So like I think about like I've gone out to dinner and like I've spent so much on a on a plate and I'm like that was that was awful, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that I'm never going to spend that much on a plate again. It just means that that one experience was poor, but it doesn't mean that then every single restaurant that has that price point is then wrong. Um, it's just like that one because because I think I want to say that because I think sometimes we have clients that come to us that were burned by other digital marketing companies that, you know, they either paid just as much as like what we are uh, proposing or they, you know, cost they cost even more. Um, and so they have this perception that like, well, that's just not how much digital marketing should cost because I had a terrible experience and, you know, sometimes or they're like it's just that afraid. you had a bad experience. Yeah. Or like I've seen yes. it where they're like, especially with like advertising ad dollars, it's like yeah. you had a bad experience with a past company who didn't really do anything. They spent all your money because it's really easy to spend money on like Google ads. Um, mm-hmm. But like, was it spent appropriately? And they're angry because it wasn't. And so now they come to somebody else and they're like, well, we can't afford for that to happen again. So we're going to be extremely limited with our budget. And then it's a challenge for whoever they're working with whether that's us or someone else, because now it's like, okay, well, we have to give them the world for a much lower budget. So it does kind of skew. I know it kind of skews your perception, but it's not, you're right. Like the cost of things doesn't really go hand in hand with the service. So agreed. (laughs) So I do this in my normal life, by the way. If there's just just awkward silences, I I lean towards the mic that doesn't exist and go agree. Just no one agreed. gets it. Just you, just um, for you girls. <laughs> I when that. I took a public speaking course at Clark State Community College in high school. Oh, not Clark State Community College anymore. Clark State College. Um, at the end of all of my presentations, I got in this really bad habit of saying the end. And my professor was <laughs> like, you have to stop doing that. <laughs> That's not okay. 
So the I end. feel like but it's saying dramatic. agreed is now. Yeah, the end. But you got to let That's people know. Like, say. it's okay to clap now. It's okay <sighs> to ask questions now. Like, it's okay to tell me how wonderful I am now. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> what if I said that instead? Okay, thanks. Bye. Or just like hold up the peace sign. Like, just drop the mic. Yes, that's all. I won't drop this mic because I don't think you want to send me another one. No, no, I, uh, no, I, no. Rephrase that. I will not send you another one. We will Ellen be all done pod- podcast. podcasting if that happens. And there's our series finale, everybody. The end. All right. So getting into, um, you know, a few of the services that we provide, I want to kind of get a few things out of the way, some assumptions, if you will, so we can all hmm. have the same expectations going into this. Um, so if you're coming to us with your digital marketing, Ellie's doing a head bob. Um, if you're coming to us and you need help with your digital marketing and you're not sure where to start, maybe you have this idea of like, oh, maybe I need a website. There are a few things that we're going to assume that you already have ready to go. Um, the first one be your brand and messaging are already set. So that includes things like you have a logo, you have your fonts, you have your colors. And you have the languages uh, or the language that you want to use when you talk about your company or your product or service. So we've had quite a few leads over the years um, that they almost kind of like they they jump the gun a little bit on their business. And this normally happens when it's like a, a newer business or like a startup. Um, but they'll they'll call us first for a website and they may not even have like a company name yet. Um so it's kind of hard to formulate what your website is going to say when you haven't even necessarily figured out who you are as a company or who you are as a nonprofit um, and what it is that you're going to do to help solve people's problems or answer their questions. Um, I think you have to put those in, in two buckets, you know, yeah. one bucket being the established companies that are looking for redesign, rebrand or not rebrand, yes. but redesign. We get a lot of people that are just starting their business. So yeah, yeah. You're right. That, you know, those people also jump the gun. I don't have a domain. I'm not sure what my business name is going to be. So I certainly don't have a logo. Yeah, that's premature for us. But a lot, even some of the newer companies that come to us have some of these things in place. So when we say we assume you have these, we're probably more talking about the established brands. We assume you yes. have these. Yeah. And something to keep in mind, too, I'll just say if you are that company that you don't know where to start with that branding and messaging, we do have partners that specialize in those things. So if you need a contact. Just send us an email. Yeah, we're not going to laugh um, at you. You can you can no. still come start with us. Like we'll point you in the right direction. We're not going to say you idiot, go away. <laughs> Call us in four months when you've got stuff. But that's like exactly why we're having this conversation. Is that like if you don't know where to start, like n- nobody is going to hold that against you. Like you are an expert in your industry. That's why you want to talk to us because we're an expert in our industry. Um, hair flip. So the other thing I want <laughs> hair flip. The other thing I wanted to assume for our expectations as well when we're talking about this is we are not going to discuss, you know, like print marketing or TV, radio ads, billboards, event marketing, public relations. The list goes on and on and on. Um, So we're really just going to focus on digital marketing and kind of that space today and what you can expect. Um, But keep in mind that if you want to do those other things as well, there are um, marketing companies that either they do it all. Or they have partners like us um, that can help get you to where you're trying to go. And again, going back to those uh, marketing companies that we were saying we can partner, we can send you to if you need help with your logo, fonts, colors, they can also help with these things as well. So 
And I would circle back. Uh, I was I had a thought on your you know your language when you used to talk about your business. Um, you know, we've developed this workbook that we give to our clients a, as we start mm-hmm. to engage with them that helps them think through some of that language. Because um, even me as a 12, 12, yeah, 12 years doing this in business, uh, I sometimes I, I lose track of how we talk about ourselves or how if, if we were going to, let's say if we were going to engage someone else on redesigning a website for us or doing some other marketing for us, like I would probably need to sit through and think about this is how I want us to be talked about. This is how, so our workbook does that for our clients and even our established clients say how helpful that is for them to just sit down, not be in their business, but think about, about their business. And so that's, that's part of it. So you, you can have a sense on how you talk about your, 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 your business or your product or your service. Um, but spending time to think about through that with us is I think it's a helpful process. Agreed. I agree with myself. <laughs> All right, so let's Great get thought, into John. you've decided that you want to have a presence online. You want to do some digital marketing and you have, you know, these pretty vague goals to start. So those goals may be, you know, establishing a sustainable digital presence and connecting with your current customers. Um so keep in mind that if this is your first time again with a digital presence, it's okay to have more simple goals like this. And if you use these two goals to set up your digital presence, it's going to create a really strong foundation for your future goals that may be more complex or detailed. Um, you two are smirking at me, and I don't know why. Well, it's, it's, yeah, you you said digital, did I say a word wrong? Presidents. You said, uh, you, well, you, you just you just misset it. So it's, I mean, in the future, we probably will have a hologram president, but today we have a very real human <laughs> president. So in the future, we might have digital presidents. Continue. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a, a minuscule error that you made. Don't worry about Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, digital presence. So we're. The, also, the other reason that we're having this conversation today is because next week we're going to talk more about, you know, okay, you have this really strong foundation. Now, you know, let's hit a home run with your digital marketing and see what we can really do with it from there. Um, so keep in mind with that as well. I think sometimes, you know, when you're starting with something like digital marketing or really anything, um, there can be there can be a want to go from like zero to a hundred really quick. Um, and what happens is I think people get really overwhelmed with creating to-do lists. They get really overwhelmed with creating these really, really lofty goals that they haven't taken the time to put together these smaller goals in between to actually get them to that really big goal. Um, so I think a good example is John talks about when he started Shouted Out Design, you know, he did not plan on having over a hundred clients and building as many websites as he has, but he has created small goals over time that have him eventually, you know, built shot it out design to what it is today. Um, but I think you needed to take those smaller goals in order to get to like these larger goals that we're now creating. Is that fair? And you're giving me a lot of credit that I was very thoughtful about the, <laughs> the progress <laughs> and planning of shout it out. It was, you know, it was, uh, it was a little bit of that. It was a little bit of, Hey, I can only do this at this time, so I'm going to grow into that, and then I have enough people, client-wise, that I can do other things, and then I bring other people on. So I guess part of it was thoughtful, but part of it was happenstance. But so, 
But like, Mm -hmm. I think a part of the success is that you didn't start out with day one and being like, I'm going to have, you know, 150 clients, you know, like that's and have like no plan on how to get there. Like instead you started with goals that were actually smart goals, if you will, Um, Hmm. sustainable, measurable, actionable. What's the R? Reasonable. That might be Uh. it. Reasonable, uh, smart goals, uh, retractable, retractable, <laughs> specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, relevant and time-based. Okay. So go. it's kind of cheesy, but it is also very helpful when you are no, creating No, it's very goals. helpful. If you're making a goal and it's not a smart goal, then it's probably not a good goal or not going to work. The then end. it's not very smart. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> Like you have to, if you want a goal, I mean, like, think about it. If you're setting a goal and you just say like, "Mm, I I want, I want more traffic on my website. It's like, okay, but what does that mean? Like, how are you going to measure that success? Like how much more traffic on your website do you want? And when do you want to see that by so that we can make a change if you're not seeing that or so, yeah, you gotta, you gotta put a time limit on that so you can evaluate if it's working. You got to put a specific number on it so that you can like, you know if you even meet that goal or not. So, yeah, and also yeah. what what is that goal going to do? What is yeah. more traffic? What is more traffic going to provide you? If I get you a hundred more people on your website, is that going to result in five more form fillouts, which is one yeah. more sale, which your average sale is two thousand dollars? Okay, so if we spend two thousand dollars on this campaign and we get you two thousand more dollars in sales, great, we did our job, we break even. But if we you know double that, we made money. Yeah. Or like another way to make that more specific is like instead of just saying like we want like more traffic, like you could say like you want more new users, like you want people who have never been to your website before because that means you want to reach a greater audience or a different audience. So um, yeah, we're really big on goals. I think we've talked about it in every episode. So set your goals. Exactly. Which is why So it might seem kind of backwards that we're saying to start with these very like general goals but basically like consider this like your like your training on how to create a goal and then once you have this really strong foundation then we can get into what it means to actually create these more very specific very smart goals so establishing a sustainable digital presence there's there are a few very easy ways to do that the first is building a website with shout out design shameless plug Ooh. um The second is connecting with your current customers in the digital space. So that's a more general goal, but there are a lot of ways that you can get there. Um, And once you can get those two things kind of figured out, then we can get more specific. Like, um, you know, a good ads goal is maybe like getting uh, five form fill outs within the first two weeks of the ad going live or something like that. Um, So So like, um, Ellen, what's that going to cost me if I want to start a website and things? (laughs) One million dollars. <laughs> Finally pay off my Tesla. <laughs> anyway, no, not that much. Um, so what I would recommend <laughs> Seriously, like, no, yeah, it's a okay. million dollars. Inflation's <laughs> no, been really hard. Not on that us. much at all. Yeah. Um, so if you're just starting out with your digital marketing, like I said earlier, I think it's worth to kind of start about it, think about it in phases, create a really strong foundation. Um, and then, you know, you can move on and like, just kill it with your digital presence. 
Um, so we're going to share some ranges along with maybe like some recommended phases because, you know, these different phases are going to kind of build off one another. Um, kind of the whole, like you want the horse before the cart situation. Um, so the ranges that we're going to share should budget are things that you should budget. I totally lost my train of thought. Did you see that? It just go out of my eyes Mm -hmm. of like. Yep. Mm-hmm. All thoughts were just gone. Gone. It's okay. Yep. Rewind. Try again. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like Frank, John. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking speaking of Frank, um, there's going to be a future episode where it's me, Scarlett, Frank, and Frank's sister, Frank Ella. I can't wait. No way. Frank Ella talks with a, with a tongue out like this. And she's very difficult to understand. And so I had to have a conversation <laughs> with Frank to have a conversation with Frank Ella that if she wants to be on the show, people need to be able to understand her. Mm. And so Frank and Frank told me that he was, oh, we forgot to celebrate. Oh, no. It just reminded me. It was Frank's birthday yesterday. Aww. I got I got a card that's coffee themed. I got coffee cakes. Like the little Debbie coffee cakes, and I got a, a coffee mug that's a Harry Potter that you pour the hot water in and it changes. Totally forgot about. Here Frank's I'm celebrating a day late. That's right. Anyway, so just back, a shameless back to important plug things. for Scarlett's laugh-tastic <laughs> extravaganza. If you haven't listened to it, and you need a good laugh. It's yeah, check weird. out Frank. And you want to know what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyway, getting back to. Um, the phases that we would recommend for your digital marketing if you're just getting started um, and the ranges that we're going to share for how much these services may cost. Um, So keep in mind that we will share um, what you should budget based on a mix of what we've charged in the past and what we've seen for others in our industry. And there may be a slight difference in prices and service service inclusions depending on the company you're working with. Um, so always be sure to clarify what's included and what's not. So, you know, for an example, when you get a proposal from Shouted Out Design, um, every single service has like a bulleted list of like, this is what this includes. And we also include what is not included, um, which is Young's Jersey Dairy Ice Cream. So sorry about that. It does for some clients, but not all. <laughs> it does for some clients. It depends. So Phase one of your digital marketing that you could consider for your um, business would be to set that goal of establishing a strong digital presence. I almost did it again. (laughs) (laughs) The FBI is going to be like knocking on my door in minutes. It's not good. I I know about the digital president. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't think the FBI is interested in our podcast, but okay. (laughs) They might be. All right, so some expectations that you can look forward to for this phase one of establishing a strong digital presence. Well done. The first thing you're going to want to do is build a website for your company. Um, And as we talked about on previous episodes of, you know, what a website can include, what um, functionality you're going to have. You can expect a website, at least from Shoutout Out Design and from comparable businesses in the Midwest, to start at around seven and a half thousand dollars, and then it's going to go up from there. Um, you know, we've seen sites all the way up to twenty five thousand um, dollars, and that range depends on a few things. Um, so, one of the biggest 
is the content. If you need help with content, if you need help organizing content, creating content, writing content, that's going to make that price change. Um, something else that's going to influence that price is the functionality that you're looking for. Um, so if you're looking for a website that just has words and pictures and a contact form, that's going to be a lot different than a website that has special functionality like um, a calendar plugin or more complex forms with a lot of if-then statements or um, a different kind of plugin functionality um, implemented to help you um give a login area for certain customers or a store or John, what are some other functionalities that we've done over the years? Agreed. Spot. Um, well, I was going to say e-commerce cause you hadn't gotten there. So I, I hadn't thought yeah, of anything that's what past I had e-commerce. Too. Yeah. E-commerce. So. Um, blog, blog, blogs, uh, you know, blog with RSS feeds, tables, just like organization of pages in general. So like, yeah. Um, we're working on a project right now that, you know, they have they have 10 or 12 departments, but each department is going to have like 10 to 15 services underneath it. So, you know, we're never going to charge a site by like specific this number of pages that we're going to build. But there is a lot there is a big difference between building a site that has five pages versus, you know, 50, 100, 200 pages. Mm-hmm. Um it's an oversimplification, but there's there's the digital brochure, which is the first thing that you said, where it's mm-hmm. pages, pictures, contact form. And then there's kind of everything else. And everything else is a far wider gamut than just, you know, this is 10,000 to 15,000. Because it could be, it could be uh, we need to have tables on a couple of different pages, which is way different from e-commerce, which is way different from, you know, we'll go back into listing examples again, but the blogs, yeah, blogs et cetera. Yeah. So yeah, digital brochure is, is real simple, especially if you've got uh, a good sense of how you want to talk about yourself. And even if you've got the pictures already, like we've done mm-hmm. those websites previous to you guys who have done those websites in a week or two, um, just because this is how I want it to be done. Uh, but you know, now we're talking about more complex sites with bigger businesses, more established where we are, even if you are providing all the content, we're going to still spend time working with you to organize said content to make it look pretty. Agreed. Yeah. And then there's and even along, more. Oh. I was oh. going to just say along with that, like when we're talking about the cost of a website, there's a big difference of like, if it's like what John just said, a digital brochure where it's like, we just need to have something up that explains who we are as a business, something nice that people can find. But if this is going to be a site that needs to be constantly updated, that's taken into consideration too. Like, is this something that's kind of changing constantly every month? Do we need to make updates to this, like big changes to the pages or additional pages each month? Is this something that is going to just be completely reworked every so often? Or is it something that kind of stays a little bit more the same and you just have small changes here and there? So that's also taken into consideration if like – the involvement, the ongoing involvement in the site. Mm-hmm. And that's also where we've built in our ongoing hosting and maintenance packages for our clients. So we don't really believe in setting up a site and forgetting about it. Um, when you build a site with us, we will also host and maintain it for you. Um, so, you know, that looks like making sure that WordPress stays up to date, making sure that your plugins stay up to date, um, making sure that your site is safe and secure making sure your SSL certificate stays um, active. And then it also includes, you know, one to three hours per month of design or developer support. So, 
you know, there are some clients that we have that they really want to feel empowered to make updates to their site and make the changes themselves. Um, but you may forget because you don't live in websites all day or a plugin might update and things might move around a little bit. Um, so we want to make sure that we're still accessible to those clients that want to do it all. And then we also have clients that they would rather never touch the back end of their website ever. Um, so instead, they just email us whenever they need a change or they need an update. And then our support line is run primarily by myself and Ellie. Um, and then if we can't hey handle it, it's John and Sheba. Um, but the great thing is, is that we share an inbox for that. So, you know, we always see when those requests are coming through. They also go straight to our project management system. So we get a task assigned to us when you send in an email. Um, I don't know. The process has worked out pretty well since we implemented it. What would you say, <laughs> guys? Uh, I'm, I've turned Ellen into an underselling and I don't like it. I, I prefer the overly optimistic. We're awesome all the time, Ellen versus the John. I don't need, we don't need another John. We've got, <sighs> we've got all the Johns we need at this company. So yes. Okay. It's I'll go very back to well. glass half full. Um, no, I feel well. like it's worked pretty well. We don't it have has. things fall through the cracks like we used to when clients would just like randomly email one of us, um, which is really nice. Um, and then what's also really nice is that like, say we need more than one set of eyes on it then I don't have to like forward an email to John or like copy and paste something in. Like he can just go in and see whatever the support line is saying and like take it over from there. So no, I, like I a- told you, I, I tried to implement this many times over and gave up many times over. Um, <laughs> we have a far higher success rate of our clients emailing support than each us individually. Do we still have clients that insist on emailing one of us individually? Uh-huh. But yes. far better than it was. It was like uh, 99 to one for a long time of clients that didn't versus clients that did. And now it's probably, I would say it's probably 60, 40, the other direction, maybe even mm-hmm. better, maybe 70, 30, the other direction. I'd yeah. say it's pretty good. And even if I do ever get something that's just to me, I just immediately forward it to support. So I don't forget about it or so that, you know, it, it's just kind of accounted for whoever's on support that week. But, um, it's a and good passive aggressive like, mood by you guys to be like, oh, I forwarded this to support for you. And then you reply back from support as yourself. Like I, I know, just replied well, to a su- support I email. Think, I didn't want the person to know it was me. So I just replied back as support. So it's like, hey, this is all taken care of. I think we people too because like we sign it with our names oh, yeah. and it's Ellie and Ellen. So I think there are some people that think that we're the same person. We're one person and we just like go by – like we're Ellen but go by Ellie. And, and so we like, just forget. Yeah. <laughs> I have had two people, and I can't remember the second one, but I know I've had two different people say, oh, so you're two different people. Like, you're Ellie. And I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm my own person. Surprise. Yeah. Um, hey. But so that's something to keep in mind when you're setting the expectations for your site. If you're looking for a site that is built and then your developer walks away, we may not be, like, that ideal person for you because we we want to stay invested. We want to make sure that you have something that's reliable and consistent, not only for you, but also for the end user that's actually going to be, you know, perusing through your website. Um, so for hosting and maintenance, like I said, for those things that I listed and a few other things, you can maybe see that started around $150 a month. Um, it may go up, it may go down based on, you know, how much support you need, um, what your expectations are, different things like that. And again, just kind of like a, as a caveat, um, we're giving ranges today, but every single conversation we have with a potential client is unique to that client. Um, so, you know, we have clients that pay more for that in ongoing hosting and maintenance based on how much they need done to their site. Um, and then we have clients that, you know, are just at the 150 and that's all they need. 
Um, but we're always willing to have a conversation. And I think that's something else you should look for in your digital marketer. Um, don't ask people to like match their price, but see if you can have a conversation about like what's actually included in that bulleted list. And at least for us, nine times out of 10, we can come to an agreement. Um, now if you're asking for the world and you're only willing to pay a penny, then like that's probably not going to work. Um, but we're going to do what we can to help get you to where you need to go because we're a small business too. And we know that it's hard. Um, so we're going to try and be there for you when we can. The other thing That's is my soapbox. Uh, no, and I, and I appreciate your soapbox. Although you said probably the two things that are definitely definite no's when you say I did. you're looking for s- someone to do a website and then go away. That's not us. We don't do that. Yeah, no, we don't. Yeah, because I, I know that that's a losing experience for both of us in, in the long run because uh, something's going to happen to your site and you're going to blame us when it's not our fault because you said you were going to take care of it. And that's going to make yeah. both of us look bad. So I don't, I don't want any part of that. There was there was a time where I was doing that, but no, we're not going to do that. And I forget what the other problem was. But the um, the other thing is I uh, I haven't raised hosting rates, hosting and maintenance rates on clients since like 2014. That was the last time I raised current client rates, and I I intend to keep that going. You know, we just kind of up our rates as we as we go with new clients because we've had clients come to us and say, well, you know, uh, um, actually the one one of the referral partners we have. Now they were, um, they were complaining about uh, their their digital agency was doubling their rates because of I don't know <laughs> Joe Biden I don't know it was someone's fault why their rates are getting raised and like well that's dumb like what well, are you providing other services well no our our costs go up so your costs go up and I I get that my costs have gone up considerably on a lot of things but I think it's unfair to reach out to other small businesses and say, you need to bear the full brunt of this so I can continue making my exact same profit percentage. Mm-hmm. I want to be profitable. I don't want to, I'm, I'm not running a nonprofit. I have, I have a family of five in terms of uh, you guys that, you know, I got to make sure you guys are all getting paid and then whatever's left over is, is my party, party time. Uh, but I, I think it's unfair to say my costs go up. So everyone else's costs go up the same exact amount. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've, I've done pretty good so far at not raising rates on existing clients. The only reason I did it back then was because I was charging like $25 a month for both hosting oh and support. Uh, and so I was like, this is not sustainable because my, my, uh, I changed from uh, a really low level host to a kind of a mid tier host. Now we're at a slightly higher one. And so I was like, well, my cost tripled, but it's worth me having a sense of um, security from having a better hosting environment. And I think it's better for you guys too. If you guys don't want to be a part of actually, I'd, I'd have to go back and look. I think I, I let them decide. I said, I, I need to raise your rates to this. And it was all different because I had probably 30 clients at the time and they were all different. I say, I would like to raise your rate to this. If you're okay with that, I'm going to start on the next billing cycle. If you're not okay, talk to me about it. And I think now that I'm saying, and I think two clients reached out to me and said, we can't, can't do that. And so I was like, all right, we'll keep yours exactly where it is. And I'm going to raise everyone else's. I can't ask for, a, you can't, you can't say a more fair opportunity. Like, can I raise your rates, please? Because <laughs> I'd like to continue making money if possible. It's true. So I want to, oh, I clicked that really close to the mic. I'm so sorry. You did. Um, I want to quickly talk about online reputation management and local search and then move on to the other two phases. Um, so when it comes to kind of phase one of what you may want to consider implementing, 
I'd recommend starting with your website because that's going to be the home base for everything else. And then the second thing that you may want to get started is your online reputation management and local search. And I think all oh, the episodes are running together in my brain at this point, but I think we've talked about ORM and local search a lot up to this point, especially when we were talking about like our feedback surveys and the importance of gathering feedback and gathering reviews. Um, So if you want to learn more about how to go about getting that started and then how we can help you with that process, I recommend listening to those episodes. Um, But for online reputation management and local search, basically what you're looking for is making sure that... um, all of the areas of the internet that are discussing your business, you get to have a chance to be a part of that conversation. So that's basically what ORM and LS are. And I am abbreviating because it's a really long service name and I've had a lot of clients talk about that. Um, But depending on what you're looking for, this can really range in price depending on how many bells and whistles you're looking for. Um, right now we're seeing our service be at about $150 a month. And that includes a few different things. There's a lot of startup and then there is like the the continuation and the maintenance. So that includes streamlining all your online profiles like Google, Yelp, Facebook, and a whole bunch more. We also help you create your, a reliable feedback survey to encourage those digital reviews like we talked about in previous episodes, Um, And then it also includes one feedback campaign within a calendar year for each year you are a client of this service. So that could look like an email campaign with three emails asking people to give you feedback and, you know, ultimately leave a review. Um, Or it could be three months of social posts worked into, you know, an already existing social media calendar. And then we also will help manage your Google My Business ongoing. And then we'll also post to your Google My Business at least once a month. Um, so we've talked about Google My Business a lot as well um, in previous episodes. So I recommend going and listening, like I said, to those feedback surveys, um, feedback survey episodes. But taking advantage of Google My Business as much as you possibly can is great because right now it's free. Um, and it's a great way to give Google a really clear picture of who you are as an organization and what you do and what services you provide. Um, so taking advantage of that is only going to help your business. I'm looking back at our previous episodes. I know we've talked about it, but I don't think we've dedicated an episode to it. So maybe that's a thought for mm. future. Cause that's something that we can definitely dive into. Cause it's, it's something that you can take for granted because it's free and because all of these directories kind of do it for you, regardless of whether mm-hmm. you set something up there or not. But that's kind of the dangerous part in it. Is they're going to take whatever information's out there, um, whether it's your outdated website or if you don't have a website, they're going to make some information up and that makes you look bad because that's yep. fake information or not fake information, just not real information, not accurate information about what you're providing. So um, it's something that um, for, for us cost-wise, it's um, we pay for a software package to help get this done for our clients. But the, the, the real cost of it is legwork of making all those connections happen, continuing to work on you. You could do all of what we do for free service wise or, you know, time wise, but it's a lot of work. Uh, especially if you don't know, if you're not in it, like we are, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know that you have to check in here. Then you have to check in here. Then you have to check in here. Then you have to rinse and repeat the next week or next, next month or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's something that can, can be done on a lower scale for, for no cost, but most of our clientele doesn't have the time 
to, mm-hmm. to mess with that. That's, they barely have time to mess with their website. Now, now you're saying I have to go into Facebook and Google and Yelp and TripAdvisor and MapQuest and 50 other directories and make sure all my hours are up to date. No, I don't have time for that. So uh, pay, pay Ellen and crew to get that done. Ellen and crew. We have thoughts on That's that. That's the new name of the business. <laughs> no, thanks. Um, <laughs> so moving on to phase two. So now we have this really strong foundation of a website. And that's, like I said, where it's going to be kind of the home base of your digital marketing president. Pres- you're done. You, you're and not allowed to say that anymore. Canceled. canceled. <laughs> Any hoodle. I don't know why that's in my brain. Um, digital marketing presence. Um, so now moving on to phase two. Phase two is really going to kind of help round out um, your online personality, if you will, and then help set the second foundation for phase three. Um, so if you look at phase two, we're going to talk about things like content creation and social media channels. Um, those things are great, but if you don't have anywhere to point their business, your business back to, um, point your customers back to, then, you know, what's the point? Um, so we've seen a lot of small businesses over the years that they like just have a Facebook page, but they don't have a website. And that creates a whole bunch of problems. Like one, Facebook doesn't owe you anything. So if they decide to shut down tomorrow or they decide to commoditize on, um, business pages overnight, then like you're out of luck. Um, or, uh, it can also make you look like not very reliable as a business. If you just have a Facebook, like it's really easy for somebody to go in and set up a, a fake business page. I feel like that was my, what grinds my gears at one point was when people, when businesses only have a Facebook page yeah. in place of their website, like when you click their like website button on the Google card mm-hmm. and it takes you to Google. their Facebook page. On the Google card. On the Google. It, that, yeah. Nothing bothers me more when that button takes you to their Facebook page and that's the only information there is. And then they're not even posting to their Facebook page. So you don't even know like, I don't know, like if they're even in business still or like it's what's true. going on. So, yeah. So that's why for phase two, we recommend this is when you start building content. So this is things like blog articles, um, news articles, just like longer pieces of content that you want to add to your site, sharing more about your business, more about your industry. You're answering questions or solving problems with these pieces of content. And then this is also when you're going to start building up your social media channels. Um, So choosing which channels make the most sense for your audience and then creating content regularly for them that, again, helps solve problems or answer questions. And all of these things are going to point back to your website and to some sort of call to action, um, whether that's, you know, filling out a form or giving a call or, um, you know, signing up for a webinar or a workshop or something like that. Um, so cost-wise, again, content creation and social media channels, they can really vary based on the experience of the content creator, um, what type of content it is, and then, you know, the the additional services around that, like, you know, having a monthly meeting or how I think I already said how much content. Um, so this is where I'm a, I'm a part of a few different groups online that, you know, all they do is create content. I've seen um, prices for a blog post that's $100. I've seen prices for a blog post that's $10,000. Um, so, yeah. Spicy. It's literally wild. It's like Time this raise long form piece of content that he yep. does. Yeah. Um, and, and it 
it makes sense for the industry that this person is serving and the type of content and the type of research that is required to build that that piece of content. Mm, all of our clients don't need a $10,000 piece of content. Um, so, you know, it's just knowing your audience, knowing what they need. Um, so at least with shout it out design and again, with companies that are comparable, um, you're going to see prices for content be from anywhere from about 200 to 500, again, depending on, um, what the service is, how long form this piece of content is. If it's a blog, if it's, you know, more like a, like a PDF download or something like that, those can be a little bit more involved. And then social media channels, you know, for a monthly set of posts um, that are built with your messaging that include a monthly um, meeting where we discuss your goals for the month and discuss creating content, you're going to see anywhere from $200 to $300 per social media channel. Um, And again, those could really fluctuate. This is just based off our experience, um, what we've charged clients in the past, kind of where we see our services going forward based on what our clients need. Um, But I hope that that kind of like at least sets your expectations a little bit more. Yeah, I think, I think the, I think um, setting a range for what, cause those are, those are all costs, like you said, that wild or very wildly in terms of quality and in terms of uh, length, Uh, you know, you can get a lot of those services done on Fiverr for, you know, five, 10 bucks, but you're going to, again, like we said, you're going to get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's good to know, I think, from a consumer perspective, where uh, where our prices are in terms of, you know, people can assume that we're at least mid-range in terms of quality, where, where yeah. it's going to cost, cost uh, for our clients. And keeping in mind as well, I just was reading this article about um, AI-generated content. Um, so there are some places that you can go and get AI-generated content for cheap. The problem with that is that search engines are figuring that out, um, that like they're, they're so sophisticated that they can tell, hey, a human Ooh. being didn't write this. Um, and so that's something to keep in mind as well is that if you do go to some of these like online resources to get um, to get your content done or something like that, um, <laughs> that you know, you're going to, like John said, you're going to get what you pay for and it may end up hurting you in the long run if you're looking to use content to help build your online reputation management in your local search. Um, if it's not genuine content that was written by a genuine human being, um, it, it may end up coming back to not be your friend. That's interesting um, that the, the robots are working against each other. That seems bad. Right? Um, it's a really interesting article. I'll send it to you, John. But basically, the the commentary that I was reading on it, too, talked about like, okay, well, you know, we don't need AI to replace content creators. But instead, how can we use AI to continually improve content creators' skills? Um, and that's what I like to do with my technology is see how it can continually improve my skills and what I can do. Yeah, I used clients. to use a tool uh, when I was doing a little bit of content creation before, before Rachel even, I think it was called scribe. It's not the same scribe that uh, we use for our signatures there for a hot minute, but it was a different Don't even one. get me started on that scribe. I can't. <laughs> well, not the signature scribe, different no, scribe. No, it's but, a different one. I know. I know. But it, it was, um, it was actually kind of helpful. It would take your article. You would type in like, here are the things that I not necessarily want to rank for, but here's what I feel it's about. And it would, do a decent job of analyzing it and saying, okay, well, you should probably add these couple of phrases, kind of, you know, sprinkle them in throughout. 
and make it more readable using the, the flesh reading scale or whatever that flesh, whatever, mm-hmm. make it more, make it more readable. So basically shortening your sentences and using less like I, like I type in parentheses and hyphens and dot, dot, dots, like get rid of all those. That's just how I, that's just how I think and write. So th- there are tools out there that exist. I, I, I like that thought of here's what I've done as a human with my research and you know, can you make it a little bit easier to read, uh, more palatable, maybe more search engine friendly, but that becomes a real dangerous robot versus robot game. I don't want to be a part of that. I want to go live on Mars (laughs) instead, I guess. (laughs) All right. So then moving on to phase three. So at this point you have this really strong foundation of your website. Um, You have your online reputation management and local search all figured out. I want to point out that I haven't messed that up once, but I can't say digital presence. You did. You said it right. You're about... (sighs) You're about 60% on saying it right. Anyway, so you've got the strong foundation. You've got the strong um, framing, if you will, with your content creation and your social media. Now you get to actually build the rest of the house. Um, So this moves you into phase three, which we said our goal for this example would be connecting with your current customers. Um, So this is going to be things more like email marketing or maybe some... um, digital ad remarketing, um, things that are going to take a little bit more strategizing, a little bit more like planning ahead and a little bit more um, gathering in advance. So like to have an email marketing campaign, that means that you need to have emails that you're going to send to. And we do... mm, Okay, this is what grinds my gears. (laughs) Don't buy an email list. Please do not buy an email list. I don't know why anybody ever started doing that or who thought it was a good idea, but... (laughs) don't do it <laughs> yeah i have a, um, a a previous client that i don't think i'll even talk to you guys about but that was that was his business and i told him explicitly hey i'm not going to help you do this i'm going to help i help you do that part of it i'm going to help you do the email creation and sending out but i'm not going to be a part of this and it wasn't it wasn't illegal because of the way he was doing it but i didn't feel good about it but he was a guy that was really insistent on me helping him. And he was also, he also paid immediately when I did the things that I needed to do. So I kind of gray, gray aired it through. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you more details about it later, but that was his, that was his thing as like, I'm going to get these lists and it's legal because of this. And I was able to go along with him on that, but I, I didn't like it at all. But anytime a client reaches out to us and says, I see that you do email marketing. Can you help me buy an email list? The answer is no. We will take your existing list and we will help mail those people. Um, Mm -hmm. But other than that, I'm not going to help you do that because it's I I hate when people do it to me. uh, So I don't want to do it to other people. Yep. And we can help you grow your email list through a form on your site um, or through like social media saying like, hey, if you want to be notified on like different stuff that's going on in the company or different sales, then you can sign up here. Um, so there are lots of ways that you can ethically or, and organically build your email list. Um, and then, you know, putting together that campaign, you're going to see an email campaign um, or like building an email will be about around the same price as, you know, putting together a social media channel. So it's going to be around that two to $300 per email. Um Sometimes when we've worked with clients on like a set email campaign, so it's like, you know, I want to do like, I'm going to tell a story through these like five or six emails or like, I don't necessarily know how many emails this campaign is going to need yet, but like 
this is what I'm thinking, then, you know, we'll put together more of a, an all encompassing like email strategy price for them, which may be a little bit different than just like a one-off like monthly email. Um, so keep that in mind as well, that all of these services kind of end up being like a la carte, but if you put them together in a, in a larger strategy, which is something that we're going to talk about more next week, um, it might look a little bit different for your, for your financial investment. Um, and then something else to keep in mind at this stage in the process is it's a great idea to start with your digital ads. Um, depending on what yeah. channel you want to use, different stuff like that. We have a whole episode on digital ads, one or two. Did we do a two-parter or just a one? I think it's just one. Just one, but we have a lot more to talk about in the future. Um, but yeah, those digital ads, you have a really strong foundation now in order to like push those ads back to and actually get people to like complete the call to action. Um, so this is a really great time to start those as well. Um, Ellie, is there anything you would add for digital ads? Yeah. Um, which we'll get into a little bit more, uh, in terms of digital ad strategy next week, but just to give you an idea of cost or what you can expect with this. And first off, is it weird to for me to be talking and you can't see me? I have no idea what happened to my camera, you guys. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, how podcasts normally are. I feel like it's like really uncomfortable that I my face isn't on the screen it's anymore. It's super weird. It's like you're hiding under the desk and just like, hey, I have I thoughts too. Hey, <laughs> hey, don't forget hey guys. about me. Hey. Um, okay, so digital ads, uh, like we kind of discussed before, this is going to include um, like social media advertising. So outside of your just your organic posts, if you want to do any paid promotions on social media, um, that are going to get a little bit more specific with who you're trying to reach and um, your messaging. And then also any search engine advertising. So pay-per-click on search engines like Google um, is the biggest one that we work on. Um, those are really good when you have a specified focus and you're trying to reach either an audience that you haven't reached yet or Ellen mentioned remarketing, which is great to connect with customers that have already interacted with your website or made a purchase or, um, I mean, really you can set whatever parameters you want there, but it's just an even stronger way to reach those people that, um, one of my favorite is they have, uh, browsed your website, but they haven't made a purchase yet. Um, really great to send ads back to those individuals to remind them, um, Hey, we still have this product that you are looking at. So buy it. Um, so I actually had that happen to me recently. It was very helpful because I have to buy yeah. I have to buy a bridesmaid's dress for my brother's wedding, and I forgot to order like the ones to try on. And so then like Azazi showed up on Facebook for me or something, and was like, or YouTube, and it was like, hey, these things are in your cart, and I was like, thank you. Yep, <laughs> so it's very helpful. We're like, I feel like Ellen and I are like the underliers that actually enjoy these <laughs> annoying ads. But we're like, yes, please give me all of the reminders and follow me around so I finally buy those boots I've been eyeing. Um, give true. me all of the validation. Um, they really, they do. They just like wear me down. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll buy them. Um, so okay, that's fine. what we can help you. We that's what we can help you do. Annoy your customers until they make the purchase. <laughs> it works. Um, we we but, are living proof. So as you might be able to tell from just my explanation of this, it's a little bit more involved. It takes a little bit more strategy and information to set these up. Um, they're very specified. So they're not something that like is really the same client to client. We might set up campaigns differently. They're definitely going to be more uh, different creative. So like, you know, whether we're putting together a graphic or um, implementing a video of some kind. Um, the cost of digital ads 
one is really what whatever you have the budget to spend, what you want to spend on advertising. You pay, I would say generally you're paying per click. Um, so if you think about it that way, and I can always, I always give uh, like um, benchmarks of what average cost per clicks are. So you know, like, hey, I want to, I, I think that this campaign would be successful if we got 500 clicks a month. Then you can kind of tell like, okay, well, if the average cost per click is a dollar, then this is how much we're going to have to spend to get that many clicks. And that's what I kind of put together beforehand. And of course, I always recommend um, a budget based on one, what I just said, average cost per click versus what your goal is. Um, and two, how competitive that space is. Um, so the higher the budget, the more you're going to show up or the more um, the higher audience you're going to reach, the more saturated it's going to be, the more times those individuals are going to see the ad. That is a big factor in your budget. So really, it's a pretty broad range. And ultimately, it comes down to how much you actually want to spend. But again, I will always give you those recommendations on what I think will be appropriate. Um I would say a good ballpark if you really want a good involved campaign, um, a very middle average, I would say would be $1,000 a month in terms of budget. Um, I've done campaigns for $500 a month. It really just depends on, you know, what your goals are and what we're actually advertising. Um, And then if you are having somebody manage these ads for you, um, and this is ongoing management too. I'm never just going to set this up and let it go. I'm always checking in on them. I'm always making little changes here and there. I'm making sure that the people seeing your ad are actually the ones that we want to be seeing the ad. Um, there is a management fee that goes along with that. And I would say everything that I've seen is pretty on par with what we charge for this. Um, but the way we do it, it's not a set management fee because it, it kind of goes hand in hand with what your overall ad spend budget is. And we typically do about 25% of your ad spend um, budget. Well, the actual ad spend, we do 25% of what you actually spend. So if you have a budget of a thousand and you only spend 800, we still only do like 25% of that, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong there. (laughs) Is it 20 or 25? 20. Yeah, I think it's 20. It's even better. Discount. (laughs) Let's say it's 25 and then just discount on your ads. (laughs) Right. But um, I think – oh, sorry, Ellie. No, go ahead. That's I was just going to say, you know, yeah. we, we do that because if your budget is small, like say you only have – you want to spend $500, that means we're only going to really be running probably one campaign for you as opposed to if you give – if you say, oh, we're, we're doing $2,500 a month in ad spend – that's going to be way more involved. It's going to be more of a strategy. We're going to do multiple campaigns with multiple breakdowns. Um, so that's why we base our price on what the ad spend is. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I, I think that you know, I've seen I've seen agencies charge up to thirty or 50, forty or fifty percent even. And mm-hmm. I think to to me the the reason I got twenty was because of the guy that I kind of learned how he was doing his business model was doing 25 and I said, well, we can do it for less and better. So I just stole that. And that's what we go with is 20. But (laughs) most, most of the things that we bill on uh, are lower than, or at least in the middle, but are probably lower than average in terms of our service. But I would much rather have more clients be successful and stay with us longer than try Mm -hmm. to get the most I can out of any particular client and then have them run out of money because they're spending too much doing all these things. Right. So, you know, most of our clients are 
a thousand a thousand and up in terms of ads. So mm-hmm. you know that's a difference of like fifty dollars a month to both of us. Like it's not that big of a deal for them. It's not that big of a deal f- for us. But like over four or five years, that stuff adds up. So yeah. I would I'd rather them stick around and continue to use their services, uh, both because it's affordable. And B, because it's you know, actually working for them because they're going to be happy to continue to use us and then also refer us out to their uh, similarly um, needy businesses. Mm-hmm. And I would say like that's that's a good segue. I think this actually mm. is an applicable segue Let's see. Um, to just talking about like keeping and going back to that all of these prices are um, like they're built for small to medium sized businesses or nonprofits that, like we said at the beginning of this, they're not looking to be the next Apple, at least in this point. What they're looking for is a strong digital presence with a partner that is going to come alongside them and support them um, and is going to be there for them when they need it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think, again, if you just do like a one search on like how much any of these services cost, you are going to get even an even broader range on all of them than what we've said here today. And if you're listening to this podcast and it's like five years from now, I would not hold us to these prices because things <laughs> change, then they fluctuate and businesses change and services change and service inclusions change. Um, but I think that there's something to be said for transparency um, in business and particularly in our business. Um because we want you to know what you're getting for. And like what John said, we want you to stay with us for the long run. Like we're not just trying to get as much as out of you as we possibly can in six months and then just say, peace, see you later. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things that's great about living, living, working with shout out design is that I've been working with a lot of my clients since I started. Um, And that's really cool to see how their businesses have changed over the years, to see how we can continually support them and help them grow in different areas. Um, You know, that's why we do what we do is, you know, you succeed, we succeed kind of thing. Um, So that's kind of the thought process behind this episode is just transparency and giving everybody kind of an idea of where to start. Mm -hmm. Um, Does anybody have any last thoughts before we hear what grinds Ellie's gears this week? I would reiterate when when five years from now and you're listening to this this podcast that's taken over the world by that point that <laughs> Ellen's digital marketing emporium prices may have changed. That's yes. the name we're going with. I don't know. Yes. It's just I'm workshopping it. We got five years to figure it out. For confirmation, it is July 2022. For those that are now listening in 2027 is not even a real year. Like. It's not even I mean, that's when happen. that's when this podcast is really going to be set on fire. I think the world I think is that's our year. Probably going to be ended by then. I think we're going to make it to maybe twenty twenty six. That's maybe. so depressing. I know maybe. the robots are already fighting on AI generated content and SEO. And we already have so. a digital president, so the Ellen apparently keeps talking about. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, Ellie, what grinds your gears? Mysterious okay. person talking. Mis- to misspoken words is what grinds your gears. <laughs> yes. No, mine, this is, I did, I, I wrote something down earlier when I was like, oh, I forgot. And I wrote it down, but Ellen actually already said it. But first, oh, I do just want to make one point, but this is good because we're kind of running out of time anyway. But I do just want to say one thing I love that we did this episode 
and actually put numbers, um, like named some prices for things that we do. Because I think one of the most frustrating things, I guess I can kind of turn this into my what grinds my gears. Um, One of the most frustrating things for me is when I am trying to budget for something, even in my personal life, and I'm going and I'm trying to look at prices and I just want to know a price or even just like a range. Like I don't need you. I don't need to know like, okay, that's the exact price I'll be paying. But like you could even say it's going to cost $10 for every, you know, whatever. So like, you know, if you're getting like cosmetic things like Botox, $10 per unit of Botox. Okay, now I know, okay, it typically takes like 24 units to get rid of an eyebrow wrinkle or a forehead wrinkle, which obviously I've researched this because I have a forehead wrinkle. Um, (laughs) So now I know like what I'm generally going to be paying, Um, whether that's actually what happens or not. I want to just know so I'm prepared. Um, And I don't like when you go to a site and you have to like, I just don't love like having to contact somebody and have a conversation with them before I even know if I can even relatively afford, maybe even consider affording something. Um, So I love the transparency and just the fact that um, we can provide just some ballpark numbers here before uh, we actually give them a proposal or a quote. Can Um, I add to that? Yes. No, we don't have time. Mm. It's it's my (laughs) podcast. Um, what I also love about that is that it helps you figure out if you are looking at a company or you're looking at a business and they give you something that's like either way below or way above that range. I think it it's a good indicator that you one may not be that company's ideal customer or two, you may be getting scammed. Um, mm-hmm. so keep those things in mind as well. Like if somebody comes to you and they say like, I can do your online reputation management and local search for $5 a month. Yeah, there's no customer that like it's only five dollars a month. That's definitely yeah. a scam. Like, that's don't not do a that. Thing, yeah. Um, but there are some people, like some businesses, where they'll be like, it's five hundred dollars a month, and like they may have a lot more like bullet points under their service than Shout It Out Design mm-hmm. does. Um, yeah. so that may be what you're looking for, or it may not. But kind of keep that in mind that you may not be their ideal customer, or you may be getting scammed. Mm-hmm. That's it. Agree. The that's end. It. The end. Um, though my original what grinds my gears was exactly what you said, Ellen, when people like if a potential client like they are not realistic with what they want to pay and they aren't willing to hear out your quote or they are like, okay, well, that's great. But like, can you just match this other quote that I got? Like if we don't have a statement on our website that says like we will price match don't ask somebody to price match. Like that's almost like a slap in someone's face. Like we have our prices. Reputable companies have their prices for a reason. Um, you know, we hire people who are, you know, when we look at hiring new employees, like we're looking at, do they mesh well with our team? Do they, are they going to interact with our clients the way we want them to? Do they have a background? Like, are they skilled? Do they have the education or the knowledge that goes along with this? Um, like we have our prices for a reason. We know what we're providing. Um, so no, we're not going to price match some like random gmail that emailed you and said that they could do your online reputation for five dollars the end okay i had to just say that okay thanks bye do 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 what's the song Uh, 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 uh. no no (laughs) something rising sun
You're on your own, my friend. Just play the music over. Yeah, just play the music over me. All right, so tune in next week. Um, (laughs) We're going to kind of build on, so we talked about today, like you have your foundation, you have your um, frame, you have the walls. Now we're going to... And now we're going to decorate your house. I don't know how this Ooh, turned into this analogy, wow. but I, love it. Um, I wow. like it. So tune great, in next great week. Great little segue into a, like a general contracting theme. I love it. And Thanks. don't forget, guys, smash that subscribe button. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> okay, bye. 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 listening to Ope Here's a Little Marketing for You, a podcast written and produced by Shoutout Out Design. Our theme song is Kill the Sun by the Cincinnati-based band Motherfolk. Tune in weekly for new episodes.